0: Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Basil Hoffman will join us in our second hour. Basil Hoffman, distinguished film and television actor who has appeared in two Academy Award-winning Best Pictures, Ordinary People and The Artist, plus he's worked with 14 Oscar-winning actors, two Oscar-winning cinematographers, and several Oscar-winning directors, one of whom being Robert Redford. Basil's many television credits include SquarePigs, Hill Street Blues, Columbo, Seinfeld, Sanford and Son, The Rockford Files, MASH, and too many other shows to mention. If you're an actor or know someone who is, Basil will be leading a two-day workshop the weekend of July 25th, July 26th that will focus on particularly on the power of the monologue. We'll talk about the workshop. We'll also talk about Basil's work with Carl Reiner, Richard Benjamin, Peter Falk, Peter O'Toole, James Garner, Sidney Pollack, and Robert Redford when Basil Hoffman joins us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we will begin this hour by welcoming Susie Friendly. Susie has more than three decades experience in television production and all sorts of capacities, including about 15 years with Warner Brothers television. Susie's experience includes scripted shows, non-scripted shows, as they are known today, uh, live television shows, including broadcasts from the Newport Jazz Festival and the Image Awards, um, some work on movies of the week, some work on uh, sitcoms, both videotape sitcoms and filmed sitcoms, so Susie's experience behind the scenes runs the gamut of uh, TV production. We'll ask her about some of the things she's worked on and more in just a sec. But first, uh, Susie, welcome to TV Confidential.
1: Well, thank you very much for having
0: me. What first got you into television?
1: I went to business school. Okay. I graduated Beverly Hills High School, and I didn't want to go to college, so I went to business school, which was like for six months, but I did it in three and the first place I landed was a, a um, secretary at MCA, which was at that time the largest uh, talent agency.
0: Yeah, we just did a program on Lou Wasserman and MCA. <laughs> yeah.
1: I went to school with Lou Wasserman's daughter. Okay. so I was what you call a um, rotating secretary when I got to uh, MCA. hmm And the first man I worked with was a guy by the name of Wally Hiller who had his own agency at one time. And (laughs) we had the rotating phones. So he asked me to get him Buzz Berger on one line and then he said he also needed to talk to Don McElwain. They were both at that time casting directors and I was so proud of myself because I got Mr. Berger on one line and then I put him on hold and I put Mr. McElwain on the other line and I buzzed Mr. Hiller and I said, I have Mr. McElwain on one line and Mr. Berger on the second line. He said, that's great, Susie. I can only talk to one person at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, floating secretary, that's what I was. So I I worked for other people mm-hmm. within the, the, I worked for Arthur Park, who was a wonderful uh, agent, and uh, he played a big trick on me by having, uh, he called me and he told, and when I walked in, Paul Newman was <laughs> sitting in his in his chair, eating food from the roach coach, and Mister Park said, "Oh, this is one of our best new secretaries." I of course dropped everything on the floor; <laughs> couldn't do a damn thing. And I worked for—I worked for. A I understood rural. he had that effect on people. Yes. He, did. <laughs> he was very handsome. I worked for, and then I worked for a, a lawyer, and he dictated all this stuff to me. And going to business school, I didn't learn the—I did speed writing. Mm-hmm. So he dictated and dictated to me, and i he said, "You want to read that back to me?" and i said, uh, dear Mr. Smith um, <laughs> I couldn't read out. But By the time I got back to Wally Hiller, he'd had a secretary working for him. Who quit because she was married to one of the two guys that wrote Mary Poppins? Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, so she quit. He said she's—I don't know—she's going to help her husband write something. They're going to do Mary Poppins. (laughs) You know where that (laughs) went. So I worked for Wally for a long time for whatever he was there, and then I moved up to work for the head of the department, who was Monique James, which was the scariest woman in the world, and she loved me, but you could never say she was into anyone. She'd have. Someone call, and I would be, you know, I'd say, just, Ida Lupino, just just a moment, Miss Lupino. And then I'd buzz in and say, Mrs., Ms. Lupino's on the phone. And she said, well, tell her I'm in a meeting. So you never could do that. It was, it was hysterical. But I learned a lot. And then I went to work for another agency, and Bill Robinson came into my life.
0: Bill Robinson, who managed James Garner for many, many years.
1: Yes, and Carol Burnett and Peter Falk. So... Uh, Bill left uh, Ashley Famous and made his own agency, and I went with him. And then from then I moved to New York, and I started working for a man by the name of Bob Banner, who was a producer,
0: game show producer, a lot of variety shows did the Carol in the seventy
1: Show mm-hmm. did the Entertainers. Um, he was a Jimmy Dean Show. I worked for him and his. Uh, at that time, he was the vice president, and we came out to do the Emmy Awards in 1965. He was producing them. And um, I came with them. And um, my mother was ill at the time, so um, and Bob set up offices in California, and we continued from there. And we did, um, we did a lot of shows. He was a, a very bright man, extremely bright, and you worked really hard for him.
0: One of the shows he did. This 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 is a show that only people like me remember. But uh, it was called Almost Anything Goes. And and the the for those who aren't familiar with Almost Anything Goes, the easiest the best way to describe it, it is like Battle of the Network Stars, but with real people. They would get people from uh, Sioux City, Iowa, or Little Falls, Minnesota, or Reedport, Oregon. Or or Danbury, Connecticut, and uh, they'd interview people, and and they, they would get uh, a team of eight or ten individuals, and they they would participate in wacky contests.
1: Well, I was part of that. I went to I was uh, producing. I went out and got all the cities, mm-hmm. all the towns for them, and they had to be under five thousand people. Okay, so. That would be three cities competing against each other. You know, we they have them running in the water and jumping on planks and obstacle it, it, courses. It, yeah, and, it was crazy, but yeah. it was fun. We had a terrific time doing that.
0: It's the sort of thing that Nickelodeon would later do in the '90s, where they would do these, you know, like variety shows or comedy right. specials, where we getting people. You know, slop. You know, you know sloppy was great, but right. you know, but that was what that was one of the things of. Of almost anything goes. Okay, so so you would like you would like interview the different participants. Well, Were you looking for like different types? Well yeah. Teams, well I,
1: I went first with my little eight millimeter camera and showed them the Brit- it was a British show. Mm-hmm. But I met like the mayor of the city and would present this and say, you know, do you have any people you think would be interested? And of course everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we set it up that way and I went and got the cities all together. And then I went back to Bob, and we set it all up, and we started out on the road. And um, it was crazy, absolutely crazy.
0: It it may have been crazy putting it together, but it was a lot of fun to watch that show when it originally aired. And they did various... In fact, I just found this out last night, because you mentioned it was originally a British show. Apparently... It, it was so popular there was I think there's an Australian version mm-hmm. of almost anything goes and I think a French version as yes. well. So it's just, yes. it' just it was just a great concept. Susie Friendly is with us in the studio. Susie has more than three decades experience in television, production in many capacities and many forms of television, including many years working directly with Bob Banner of Bob Banner Associates, including such shows Got your happy price price line. So so when you're with Bob Banner Associates, would your responsibilities vary depending on which show uh yeah. you're, you're, yes. you're, they were producing?
1: Yes, I was the associate producer on that show, but before that we did we did a show called The American West of John Ford, which is probably I I think the most to me the most prestigious show I have ever done because meeting Mr. Ford was was phenomenal. We met it in his bedroom, and he took out a rifle. We didn't know it was loaded. <laughs> sh- shot a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> but um, we were working with a group of young guys, that film filmmakers, and they were all long-haired, and, and 16 miller was called uh, Group One. So we had Jimmy Stewart, and Henry Fonda, and John Wayne, and Mr. Ford all on the show. And Dan Ford, his grandson, was I think the producer, I can't remember. Danny was in and out, but the guy the gentleman we were introducing we were going to um in, uh, not introduce what I'm trying to say um in, you know to talk to them about uh, like interview uh, p- or preview. Yeah, but yeah, Pappy mm-hmm. or they as they called him Pappy, Mr mm-hmm. Ford. Mm-hmm. And these gentlemen were on set on time, ready to go. I mean, it was like that. And then we have these long-haired guys who are still setting up. It was kind of embarrassing. Then we went, we took the train to Monument Valley, which was the uh, producer's choice, Tom Egan. And we went to Monument Valley and stayed there. And it was really, uh, it was uh, so much fun. I remember asking Mr. Wayne if I could get him coffee, and he said, yes. I said, how do you like it, sir? And he said, Black as my heart and sweet as you. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, John Wayne was supposed to do Ride In on his horse mm-hmm. and fall off the horse. And John Wayne wanted a stunt double, and Mr. Ford said get your ass on that horse and fall <laughs> off. Don't pull any pranks with me. Mr. Ford was very polite and he always was, you know, do you do you need to le- use the ladies room? We can set up something. He was just, you know, it was really an honor because you see these, you know, I've never worked with stars as, as honorable as that. I, I've been involved with a lot of sports shows and celebrity challenge and superstars and all and they were mostly kind of spoiled, but this well, was wonderful. These yeah, guys were fabulous.
0: It's sort of a cross generation. Ford, of course, and and, and John Wayne and James Stewart—they're old Hollywood, and things were done. I don't know whether there is a cold, but it's it was, like there is yeah. th- there 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 was more. Um, It seems to me the people took the work more seriously seriously, than they do today. We
1: we did a section of the show, uh, and now it's become uh, Century Plaza. We Mm -hmm. were out there, and it was all when they were tearing down Century. And I, I remember he said, yep, this was the whole back lot. And he says, it's all been homesteaded now. Yeah. It's, and it is, you look out there, and uh, that to me was not that long ago, and now all of these huge buildings are all in Century City, it's mm-hmm. amazing, yeah.
0: You mentioned um, taking out the part where uh, Ford was, you know, dry lips. so that- That's you, right. Yeah, well, that brought to mind something Cy Shermack said, uh, I think Cy would have been at Universal at the time uh-huh. you are at Universal, and- Cy directed. I mean, he produced Ironside. He produced mm-hmm. a lot of stuff uh, in, in the seventies. And one of one of his key rules uh, that he lived by and that he passed on to people he tutored is: you have to protect the talent at that's all right. time, no matter what. And especially exactly. someone like John John Ford, Ford, because image is everything. Yeah, that's.
1: I have a great picture of Monument Valley on my, if I call it, my wall of, of shame at
0: the home. <laughs> kind of like mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I have these shaking hands with uh,
1: President Clinton, and I have the Monument Valley, and I have, uh, oh, God, I can't remember his name now. He's dead. funny, funny um, comedian with my friends Wendy Charles and, and uh, Andy Copley. But I have all the, as I call it, the wall of shame.
0: You mentioned John... Wayne, I've been lucky enough to talk to a few people who worked with him yeah. and their experience echoes what you said, oh. which is that he was as large as life as can be on screen, but off screen he was he was down to earth, he was very people oriented mm-hmm. and he would maybe self-deprecating is not the type but it's like he he you know, he he made sure that you were at ease, and right. and, and he, he seemed more concerned with other people than himself. Off right, screen.
1: he was, he was, he was just, he was. Uh, it was an honor, a real honor, to be in the room or even talk to him. I mean, that was just. And he took when that gun went off. He didn't <laughs> <laughs> it didn't faze him at all. Everybody else was back against the wall.
0: <laughs> well, it's an honor to spend some time with Susie Friendly today. Susie's, uh, Susie's. A uh, background in television production spanned several decades and several capacities, and um, uh, and several genres, including uh, live t- uh, TV broadcasts, uh, what we would call reality type programs today, such as all almost anything goes or the Superstars. the superstars. That's that's another way of describing almost anything goes. It was it was the because. Uh, as I remember that show, the ABC used to run on Sunday afternoons, I think, and they, the idea is to get like, say, football players or basketball players out of their element. So it was sort of a right. offbeat Olympic Games type right. of stuff. But there was, but the emphasis was on sloppy and, and right. And, they and,
1: had to do uh, hurdles and swim, and uh, and I was, it was the year that. Um, Dallas Cowboys played, was it this, I can't remember, and I know it was the... Like
0: the Steelers or the... The Steelers,
1: and then they went in the Super Bowl, and then it was the Dodgers against Kansas City. And and I got on a plane and had to start with the Dodgers, and we flew into Dallas to get the Cowboys. And it was snowing, and the plane couldn't take off and Tony Dorset and Henderson Hollywood Henderson decided they'd come later and I said
0: no way <laughs> No
1: way well as it turned out they did get on the plane yeah. and then we went to Kansas City and all over and then we ended up where we were doing the show then down in um the Bahamas mm-hmm. and uh that was quite something because it was too funny with the with the guys and then we got we I got mixed up in in motorsports too so I really liked that um I did for CBS I produced a lot of the um IndyCar races mm-hmm. so that was fun but um because the those drivers also are extremely polite mm-hmm. very very polite um the athletes as I used to call them, <laughs> superstars <laughs> Was just a pain in the patoot. They just, you know, were not as gracious as they could be.
0: Well, th- what well, we, we we could spend an hour talking yeah. about that, but uh, I will say you mentioned Dodgers of that era. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking to a born and bred Giants fan, and. Uh, when I think of those Dodger teams of the '70s, I think of they always they would have to just throw their gloves on the field and they would automatically win the game. But <laughs> you know, having spent ten years down here, and regardless of how they acted off screen, they were great. Oh, they were very great. talented. Yeah. And one of my favorites was Dusty Baker, who, oh, who went yes. on to be now Dusty. I'm, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping you're verifying this because Dusty went on to he played for the Giants briefly. He managed the Giants for ten years, and he was their coach. Dusty, I've. And Dusty now is,
1: he's going to get the Astros in shape.
0: Well, we hope. We hope so. <laughs> it, look, if anybody could pull that off, the nicest man in the world. Nice the
1: nicest man in the
0: world. Class, class. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Never forgot where he came from. Right. And uh, I just, I mean, I'm a big Dusty Baker fan. Susie Friendly is in the studio with us. Susie spent uh, more than three decades in television production in a variety of capacities behind the scenes for a variety of genres of television, including variety shows, live specials, such as the NAACP Image Awards, Network Sports competition shows such as the superstars and specials such as the afi tribute to john ford take a quick time out talk some more of Susie friendly when we come back on tv confidential we are the real brady, brady bros brothers. brady brothers from the tv show brady bunch i'm barry williams and i'm christopher knight i played greg and uh who are you again i played peter we've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the brady bunch We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Brady Bros.
1: Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon Gemstones of Narrative. Something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, Tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com.
0: One more item. If you or someone you know is the recipient of a structured settlement, that calls for payment to be spread out over a period of time, but find yourself needing cash in hand today, you can get your money right now in one large payment by calling the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline at 800-965-7987. This is an extraordinary time right now. All of us have been hit by the global economic crisis, and all of us can use a little extra cash. If you have a Structured Settlement where you're being paid over time, but you need your money a lot faster than that, either to pay your bills or to help a family member or loved one who's been affected by the global health crisis, call the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline at 800-965-7987. The call is free, takes about 10 minutes, could change your life. Structured Settlement Cash Hotline, 800-965-7987, 800-965-7987. accredited by guinness world records
1: welcome to archival television audio incorporated a peerless tv soundtrack archive preserving the audio from television's first three decades the 1950s 60s and 70s the golden and silver age of television
0: for more information go to atvaudio.com be part of our conversation if you like what you hear